Welcome to another transformative episode of Meltdown to Mastery, the podcast where we explore the profound journeys that lead us from chaos to clarity. I'm your host, Jane Marchandy, and today's episode is nothing short of extraordinary. We are joined by a remarkable guest, Tina Irwin, a beacon of light in the realm of the unseen. Tina is not your ordinary author. She's a guide through the mysteries of the afterlife, a teacher who illuminates the science behind the invisible world. With several books under her belt, Tina Irwin has dedicated her life to helping humanity navigate the transition between life and the higher dimensions. But there's a unique twist to Tina's callings. She affectionately calls herself a ghost helper. In this episode, we'll dive into the depths of understanding the unseen, unraveling the fears that often shroud discussions about the afterlife. Tina's work empowers us not only to help ourselves find solace and understanding, but also to extend that helping hand to those that have crossed over. As we explore the profound insights Tina brings, we'll learn how she transforms grief into love, harnessing the most powerful energy of all. Sometimes a meltdown becomes the catalyst for a greater understanding leading us on unexpected journeys of enlightenment. So fasten your seatbelts as we embark on the incredible journey from Meltdown to Mastery with Tina Irwin. Get ready to dispel the fears surrounding the unseen and discover the empowering tools to navigate the afterlife. It's time to transform grief into love and in doing so uncover the incredible potential that lies within all of us. Welcome to Meltdown to Mastery, empowering women to overcome midlife crisis by rewiring the subconscious mind. Feeling overwhelmed, disillusioned, stuck? We all have. Here we explore inspiration and empowerment to navigate through the tough times and move to a place where hearts soar, minds manifest, and bodies heal. Welcome, Tina. Thank you, Jane. I am so thrilled to be here. I'm excited to have you. I want to start out with asking how a 20-year career in the Navy led to you becoming a ghost helper. And then that that means for people, we'll get into that and how important it is. I'm like a lot of people. I had some psychic ability as a child. And I am like lots and lots of people who think everyone can do those things. But the truth is, everyone can't necessarily do those things, whether it's you see a ghost or you sense something or you can see things that are coming, but you can't explain to somebody how you know that this is going to happen. There are just a whole array of different types of psychic ability. And as I got older, you know, it kind of faded in and out, but I always had this feeling that there was like a presence, not a ghost, but somebody was watching out for me. And I had my life saved several times by whoever this being was. And then my life as having psychic ability really took off when I met my husband and, and we had had a, a se- several significant past lives together. And because of that, it's like somebody opened a doorway and all the psychic ability began to develop. But I was an ensign in the Navy, married to a lieutenant junior grade in the Navy, and we both worked for the submarine force. 
And it's as if, how do I balance these two things? And I think I'm not alone. There are a lot of really, really psychic people in the Navy. And I mean, I have some fascinating stories about how tremendously psychic men can be, especially who men who go to sea in submarines. And as time went on, I realized that this psychic ability is getting more intense. It's not going away. It became extremely obvious that there was an issue when we lived in Charleston, South Carolina, and we bought a house that was 18 months old. The house was so profoundly haunted that I had to learn what to do with a ghost in a house that was so mischievous, and yet at some some point saved my life several times. And I didn't know what to do with that. And my frustration became so tremendous that you that I'm a naval officer for heaven's sakes. You know, I, I I'm lieutenant commander and I have a master's degree. And I have this ghost in my house that's doing all these things. And I started to study. When you don't know what to do about something, and I'm sure this has happened to many people, you feel this mountain of frustration, this huge mountain of frustration that you have to do something about this because it's affecting your life and you don't know what to do. And so I decided to study and I studied and I studied everything I could about metaphysics. And one of the laws in metaphysics is that no energy is ever wasted. And because of that, because of all of that study, I began to learn how all these medical metaphysical things worked. And once I learned how to do that, that made a huge, huge difference. And once that difference happened, it just began to change everything. Now I started to learn how to deal with ghosts. And at first, I didn't have a clue how that was. And I have a question, Tina. Yeah. I have yes. a question. When that first happened in that house, did you have a little meltdown? Because <laughs> I would. I mean, well, we don't understand me, it, right? Well, let me tell you how bad the meltdown was. I'm in the, my husband was actually not at sea. He was, we were in bed together. It's the middle of the night. And I felt the ghost get in bed with me. And you can call it meltdown. I'll just call it pure terror. Mm-hmm. Fear on a level I had never known before. I could feel somebody laying down beside me. And then your mind starts to race to the level of terror you don't want to imagine about what can happen next. And then he put his hand in mine. I could feel the hand of a ghost holding my hand. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't speak. I felt like my heart stopped and time stood still. And it was so terrifying helpless. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even reach for my husband because my entire body was frozen with fear. And I couldn't even cry, which would have been a, you know, a pretty healthy meltdown. You know, tears could be extremely powerful and helpful. I felt like I was not even breathing. I'm holding the hand of a dead man, but the energy of him didn't die. The energy of him lived on. And then after an eternity, he got out of bed, but I'm still laying in bed thinking he's standing there watching me. 
oh my God, what am I going to do? And so finally, when I got my senses back and I woke my husband up and he said, what, what? And I'm, I'm now crying. That was my meltdown moment. I've got to do something about this ghost. He's driving me crazy and he's terrifying me. He was just reaching out really. Like, well, yeah, he was reaching out and he didn't hurt me. I, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to indicate that he didn't hurt me. And there were several, there was an occasion where my sister was living with us while she went to college. My husband was at sea. We had a Halloween party and we cleaned up the kitchen and we were sitting on the bed and we had a pair of Siamese and all of a sudden the hair stood up all over their body. Their big eyes got bigger and we could hear somebody in the kitchen and it sounded like they were doing dishes, but we knew we were alone in the house. So we called the police and we called my sister's boyfriend who came back And the police scared whoever it was trying to break into the house. But if the ghost had not made noise in the kitchen, we would never have known that we were about to have a very bad night. Wow. And I had a, you know, a a baby, you know, a a nine month old sleeping down the hall. It's like, you know, we had children. There was another occasion when I was driving my husband's 240Z and as I'm driving his Z home, I mean, I'm about to drive it to work. It won't start. No matter what I did, the car wouldn't start. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I got to get this car fixed. So I, I took my car that day. So finally, the next day, I had his car towed to my mechanic in Somerville, South Carolina. And the mechanic gets in, and you know how this happens. He turns it in, and the engine just turns right over. And it's like, I hate it when that happens. You're like an idiot. But this was a really nice guy, and he was a really honest mechanic. I loved him. And he said, let me look under the hood. And he found, I don't know what it was, but he said, let me explain something. I don't know why the car didn't start for you, but thank God it didn't. Because if you had driven this car, it would have killed you. Because this would have happened, and it would have, I don't know, thrown a rod, and the engine would have seized, and you could have been in a horrible wreck. And I said, well, I'm going to have to thank Jake, because we named him. We also discovered that the entire neighborhood was haunted, that this was the site of the old Archdale plantation in Charleston, South Carolina, sort of out in the country. And when we discovered that, we also discovered that there was an earthquake. And again, in metaphysics, no energy is wasted is you're learning something. And what I discovered was that if you have an earthquake fault, it can open the door to psychic activity. You have unstable energy, which creates chaos. Chaos is a lower frequency. And that when the frequency is lower, it's much easier for ghosts to enter a location. I thought that was fascinating. Mm. Well, all the research made a huge difference. So you don't think something happened necessarily in your house. You think it was this that entered kind of or opened a portal in a way. Well, I think there was a, I think you're right. I will certainly agree with that. I think a portal had been opened because of the earthquake activity, but I have since learned there are things called stacks of time. When you have a stack of time where a lot happened and that a lot took place on that plantation, it had that, it was started in the 1600s. So you have 400 years of people living and dying there. One of my neighbors felt his house was over a stable. He, he heard horses all night. 
Another woman came downstairs and all her furniture would be rearranged every day. Someone else said that they would come downstairs and a rocking chair was placed in front of a blank wall. But maybe in another time, there was a window there. And over a period of time and inquiring from all my neighbors, one by one, they all came up and said the whole location was haunted. So this was massive example of predecessor energy. And it was interesting that when other of these people discovered that they were not the only ones feeling these things, they began to share and it removed anxiety. Other people were having those meltdowns because they're having psychic activity and they don't want to believe they're crazy. They're not crazy people. These are real things. They happen to them. And, And those things continue to happen. And we never, I never did figure out what to do about Jake. But over a period of time, I learned that because of that meltdown, because of those terrifying and mind-blowing moments, it changed my life. It forced me to look at an issue that nobody knows how to deal with. So to answer your question, it was a massive change for me. Oh, yeah. So... Well, that was the beginning of, like, you were already psychic, but then this really led you to learning about metaphysics and what could actually be going on. So what did you learn? Like, My understanding is that we really only see 10 to 20% of what's around us. So there's so much more that our eyes can't actually see in, in this physical form. There is far more around us than we know. Uh, This was proven by many different scientists. And I'm a passionate person. And when I start to study something, I want to understand it all the way. I want to understand how it works and why it works. And so I started connecting with ghost after ghost. But what happened along the way was that a very bizarre thing took place. And I had another massive meltdown. Some people would call it a come to Jesus moment. And it was a literally come to Jesus and change your life. Not from the Christian view, have you found Christ? Christ has never been missing. But from the point of view that most people who study metaphysics or who are, quote, new age, do not incorporate the energies of God in their work. Not generally. Hmm. they connect to spirit. Spirit can be alcohol. Spirit can be a black magician, can be a lower realm intelligence, can be a ghost. But spirit is never an angel and spirit is never really God. You need to say it out loud. And when you start making the real connection to the divine, you really change your life. And what happened to me was I'm seeing all these ghosts and I'm really frustrated. But in the meantime, in my day job, I retired from the Navy. I started a computer company and I was what's called a value-added reseller for Apple Computer. And I, was, I did 20 trade shows for Apple and I designed software and I had a whole system. And I was putting my computer system and my software in all these new homes. It was a really amazing, amazing job. But along the way, somebody handed me a business card And from that moment on, for the next 30 days, my life went downhill till I realized I was dying in 30 days. And this happened in 1992. And I was targeted by a team of black magicians who 
apparently could see something in me that I couldn't see. I thought I was, you know, developing software. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm here for. Who knew? And this, they began to destroy my health. And I have discovered I'm not the only one this happened to. And I reached the point I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't stop coughing. I couldn't stop sneezing. This is all black magic attack on a person. Mm-hmm. I went downhill. I mean, literally like a rock, perfectly healthy person. And in 30 days, you can't walk. You can't reach the point I couldn't drive. I couldn't remember what I was supposed to do. The fogging was so massive. And my uh, one of my brothers said, finally, we're just desperate to figure this out. And he said, did anybody give you anything? And I said, yeah, this guy at a trade show gave me a business card. Well, that was horrible. We finally found the business card and I the smell of death was horrendous. So we, he said, I know a little bit, wrap it in silk. And I'm thinking, I have to give up a scarf. I was, you know how women are. <laughs> anyway, so I gave up a silk scarf. We wrapped it in different directions. It broke the magic. It stopped the magic. We also realized that since it's the 90s and we didn't have cell phones in the 90s, his voice was on a tape recording at my house. So we wrapped that up. Well, what I didn't know was when you wrap, when you use silk, silk has the power to return the energy to the sender. And everything that this man sent to me was returned to him, and he died. Did you recover completely, Tina? I recovered so well that, but there's more to this story. As he was dying, all of a sudden, somebody opened a door, and I could see him. I could see him in bed. I could see him leave his body. It was an astonishing experience. It was life-changing. And my brother and my husband were with me. And my brother said, we should cross him over. And I said, that sounds great. How do we do that? I have no idea. And he said, well, let's just ask God for help. Like, sounds like a good plan. So we asked God to help us to help this man cross over. Because what I could see were all these lower realm intelligences coming at him. Mm -hmm. And for your listeners, in the movie Ghost, the bad guys were attacked when they died by these little dark, dark guys with beady red eyes. Those are called lower realm intelligences and they exist on the fourth dimensional plane. And they're terrifying. And I could see them coming at this guy because his frequency was low because he was part of a group that tried to destroy me. So I asked God to help me to help this man. I made a connection to the divine, and that's really powerful. And all of a sudden, we saw this, like somebody rolled a rock open, and this crescent of golden light appeared. And so we brought in angels to take him into that light. And before he crossed over, he looked back at me and said, why would you help me? I've been trying to kill you for months. Mm -hmm. And I said, because you're not mine to judge. Maybe there's something you need. And if you cross over, maybe you'll get it. And maybe in another life, you won't do that to someone else or me. Mm-hmm. And then he was gone. Well, from that moment, I could remote view. I could see through walls and doors. It was astounding. Hmm. But, and but, because, do you think it's because you could have chosen not to help, which would be an, a negative energy in itself? But because- well, I could have taken, I could have rejoiced that he died. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't mean to hurt him. I mean, it wasn't my intention, but I have a right to defend myself. I had the right to protect my person from harm. And by stopping him from harming me, I stopped the karma he created by harming me. Right. It's very complicated. But when you truly understand metaphysics, karma works in some fascinating ways. And I crossed him over. Yeah. But when but when the autopsy was done on him, because the city did an autopsy, because they couldn't figure out why he died, the horrible black mold that was in his lungs, I was still connected to him through something called aca cords. I just didn't know that that's what it was. And then I got even sicker, and I had the long, dark night of the soul, which you can call it a meltdown. For me, it was a long, dark night of the soul. And my brother said to me, I'll never forget this. You have to make a choice with what you're going to do with the rest of your life. No one can do that for you, but you. You have to make a connection to God and decide how you're going to use that connection. And no one can do that but you. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, you will never be the same. And when I woke the next morning, I knew I was dying. And my husband took me to an, an emergency room and they said I was within two hours of death. And it they whatever was within him attacked my lungs. I healed that. I talked to several doctors who saw who are seeing this happen more and more, which is just the practice of black magic. And I gave them information that helped them. I healed 100%. Not only did I heal 100%, I was 100% stronger than I had been before. Hmm. Tina, can you just explain to people why this dark magic would be used on you and why it exists? I think that's a critical question, and I thank you for asking it. I guess I thought of myself as an ordinary person, but I'm not an ordinary person. I have the ability to cross people over. And it has been shown to me how to do it. And when I'm present and there's a ghost, they have to leave. They don't get a choice. They don't get to say, well, you know, I don't feel like going today. I came to understand that there was something about me that makes a very big difference. And this is not coming from an ego place because, I mean, I really thought I was going to have a computer company. I had to close the company. It took me seven years to pay off my investors. But I didn't. I paid everyone off. I balanced the karma. I have, I was targeted because if I was successful, I would deprive the lower astral, I would be depriving the dark lords of the lower astral with the souls they feast upon. Right. And because I realized that that really was my mission and I committed to doing that for the rest of my life closed my company and turned down. I had other offers for doing things. I turned all of them down and focused on helping the dead and teaching the living to help the dead. And in 2012, I wrote the crossing over prayer. And in 2020, I wrote the crossing over prayer book so that anyone can cross over a loved one or a ghost in your house or wherever you are or a ghost in a cemetery without the use of a medium by simple prayer that connects you to God. And it's been tested all over the world. 
So if that magician had been successful, I wouldn't have been able to share with thousands and thousands of people how to help the dead and empower people to be independent and to make a connection with God, Christ, whoever you want to call it, that will change their lives too. And you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. No, we wouldn't. It's really interesting, isn't it, that we're opening to this information more and more in this time. And I I just comment on not only do they feast on these souls that aren't passing over to a higher place, but they can feast on negative energy as well, like emotions of fear and deep sorrow. I believe it's called louche. That is not a term I'm familiar with, but I'm still learning. So I'm, I'm open to new terms. But what you have said is absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. And fear is the slayer of many a good soul, but so is guilt. Mm. I've crossed over so many people, especially in who are very Christian. These are good people. I mean, they're kind and generous and loving. And they die and they don't cross over. And I ask, and I've crossed over ministers. And they said, well, because I was born in sin and I died in sin. God couldn't really love me. But that is the whole point of a loving, forgiving God is to Mm -hmm. welcome you home, to embrace that light, to feel the energy of Christ consciousness, penetrate your very being, the joy you're going to experience, the help you can make another person experience by crossing them over is the greatest gift you can give a soul. It's the compassion every one of us are going to want for ourselves. It is so beautiful. Right. So without this knowledge, many can stay in those lower vibrations of fear and guilt and just not be at a place where they even feel worthy to cross over. Is that what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. You have it down. You have it down cold. That is exactly right. And If you committed suicide, let's just say that word out loud, suicide. Mm. If you took your own life, there are people who say, well, you know, God can't love you and you're going to be punished and you're going to hell. And I would like to offer an extremely different view. And I've helped thousands of people who took their own lives. I've talked to their families. And here's the other view. These people who take their lives are always sorry. It's not any better on the other side when they die. Those lower realms come at them. It's horrendous. Hmm. The crossing over prayer for the, the compassion prayer for suicide is in the crossing over prayer book. It's on my, my website, ghosthelpers.com. When you take someone who has taken their own life and you open the heart of compassion and you use either the crossing over prayer or the crossing over prayer for suicide, You have given this person something they could never have given themselves. Because a lot of times a person who takes their own life has done the same action, life after life after life. Mm -hmm. They never crossed over. And when you cross them over, that part of them that is in so much pain, pain you can't imagine, that part of them receives healing and and care, and understanding, and insight. 
That's what God is going to give to that person who took their life. And that is a blessing. And it is love personified. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it, it vibrates at a very high level of love. Yes, it does. Tina, now share with us the tools that we can learn to help in some way. And even in understanding of why it's so important. And it, it, I think when we understand and start to open ourselves to this information, it can really raise our own vibration, which is important too, so that we can cross over. When you embrace the concept that we are loved beyond measure, we are good, that there is goodness in us. And I could hear someone saying, yeah, but what about serial killers and psychopaths and murderers? And I cross them over too, and I'm going to tell you why. Because when a person suffers abuse, it goes back to all different kinds of abuse. It's a whole alphabet of abuse. Mm. Pieces of their soul are shaved off life after life after life until that part of them that had a conscience is completely gone. Their eyes are dead. The love, the love doesn't live within them. It does, it, there is no place there. That part is gone. And these people then reincarnate and kill life after life after life after life. And they come back and they kill the same person. So when someone says, oh, my loved one was murdered and I helped them cross that person over, then I connect to the murderer and cross them over as well. Because the murderers will ha- who have died will haunt the living. They'll haunt their victims in death. They haunt the victims in life, the families of the victims. When you cross that murderer over, they're not haunting anybody anymore. And, and they are restored. Now, two important things. I'm so grateful you're giving me an opportunity to share this because this is critical information. The karma that that soul created is not erased because you crossed them over. They still have to work through that karma. But their soul is restored. In the 23rd Psalm, this is explained. Lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Meaning God is with you because there's so much darkness in the fourth dimension. And when you cross that soul from the fourth to the fifth dimension, like the fourth dimension is a step-up transformer from the third, which is the place of time and space and gravity. When you move into the fourth, there's no time and there's no space. You can travel with the speed of thought. When you move that soul into the higher realms of the heaven world, then all those shaved off pieces are restored to that soul they still have to work through the karma. That is spiritual law. I didn't invent it, but I have to abide by it and respect it. But that soul may come back in the next life. They may not kill anyone. They may have to work off the karma in ways I don't want to have to imagine. They may not commit murder that life. Imagine if you could stop a reincarnation cycle of murder because you crossed over a murderer. Can you imagine how astounding that could be? Am I answering your question? 
Yeah. Can you also just explain um, what crossing over is? So it's moving into the fifth dimension where we're at a higher vibration. In the third, we're very limited. The fourth, it sounds like, is where a lot of this dark energy can exist. And then the fifth is where a much higher harmonious vibration. The fifth dimension is what's known as the higher the higher realms. And in our father's house are many mansions, meaning you move into the higher realms at the frequency you are at death. Mm. And then you receive the assistance you need based on the frequency you are at death. And it can also be based on the trauma that you received at death because that trauma ricochets through the soul. It ricochets through all of the soul energy. And God is the first mathematician. And everything in all the universes are based on frequency. Everything has a frequency. And as you work to raise your frequency, and I wrote a book on this called Karma and Frequency. And there's a wonderful book that's written by David Hawkins called Power Versus Force. Mm -hmm. If you want to understand frequency, David's, David Hawkins's book is just tremendous, Power Versus Force. I have a practical book called Karma and Frequency, which is specific tools, specific actions to take to raise your frequency. And when you do that, you begin to change your life. All everything, you can't change anyone else, but you can change yourself by changing your frequency. And the higher you raise your frequency, the greater you're going to be able to feel that connection to God, the more you feel a connection to nature. And above all, the more powerful love is for you, the more dynamically you feel love. Christ didn't come to earth to die on a cross for sins you had never committed yet. Christ came to teach the lessons of love and compassion. It's it, Christ didn't, come to earth to create generations of guilty people. Oh my gosh, this is such a travesty. Mm. Christ came to teach us the lessons of love, of compassion, of hope, of sharing, and oh my gosh, of service. Christ died on the cross to manipulate karma for things most mortals will never know or understand. It was at a much higher level of service to humanity, but it was never intended to make generations of human beings guilty. Mm. It was done to manipulate karma on a much more sophisticated level. Christ's message is love. And if someone wants to read about Christ's message for the whole 29 years, the book I would strongly recommend is the Urantia book, U-R-A-N-T-I-A. The last third of this book details every moment of Christ's life. And when you read that book, you will not be the same. And that book will raise your frequency simply by owning it. Yes, I've always believed that Christ just wanted us to follow his footsteps and become like him. There was no... There was no guilt that he didn't want us to feel guilty. Yeah, I, that is exactly right. And maybe 
after 2000 some years, maybe we're finally getting the message. Mm. And there's been manipulation, right, Tina? Oh my gosh, there's so much <laughs> manipulation. The Council of Nicaea that took reincarnation out of the Bible. The mm. Bible's been written and edited and re-edited. And I I have to say that when I started reading this section about Christ, which is the last one-third of the Urantia book, and you read about Christ's discussion of friendship, he talks about a friend lightens the great burdens we may all feel. A friend shares your trauma and your hardship. A friend experiences love with you. A friend is there for you. That's just one little tiny example of the message of love that was Christ's message. You know, when you, I mean, we, we could do a whole show on the Lucifer Rebellion. That would be mind-blowing if people understood what really happened. Mm-hmm. If people understood what really happened with Adam and Eve, and they're not the villains people think they are. If we were to really understand some of what happened on earth and how lucky we are that Christ, that the being that is Christ visited this planet, there were other planets that had other devastating things, but our, and they did not have Christ's visit, but our planet did. We are truly blessed that we had that energy here, even for only 29 earth timed years. Mm -hmm. But that connection to the energies of Christ consciousness can be called on anytime, any day, anywhere. And if you have a person who took their own life and you want to send them love, you can send them the energies of Christ consciousness in the crossing over prayer book which is available on Amazon. And there are many of these prayers available for free on the, on ghosthelpers.com and tinaerwin.com. I have two websites. There are prayers for after you've crossed someone over, especially suicide. There are prayers that you can continue to say to send them your love. People think that death ends life. Then death ends and the experience of mortal life in this time frame. You'll see these people again. I've had life after life after life with my husband. Mm-hmm. But this life, we got to have a whole life. We've been married 50 years. How many psychics are married 50 years? I mean, really. <laughs> I am really lucky. And so when you send love to someone who's crossed over, how does that help them? Because energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's a law of physics not my law. It's a law of the universe. Just because someone dies doesn't mean you stop loving them. 2003, my niece sat on the sofa next to my sister and she said, mommy, I feel hot. And she died. I mean, she just died right then. My sister did CPR. The the ER worked on her for two hours, but she died. And one of the hardest things I've ever had to do was cross my niece over. Mm-hmm. And my grief and my shock were so tremendous. I had trouble doing it. I hadn't written the crossing over prayer in 2003. And so I called uh, one of my brothers who had, who was very psychic as well. And he helped me and together we crossed her over. And we send her love every day. And that love that is sent to her 
in the higher realms, she can share with others. The mm -hmm. prayers and the love of the living are help the higher realms. It's like they are miracles given to God. Love just keeps getting circulated and shared. And it changes not just earth, but it can change the energy in other dimensions. It is such a powerful force. And even though someone you love so dearly died, and this brother who had helped me for years died in 2017, but his love for me didn't die and my love for him didn't die. And anytime I think of him, it's filled with love. And he gets to feel that. And when he thinks of me, I feel that love as well. And it doesn't mean you have to be psychic to feel that. I know lots and lots of people feel this. When you focus on love, Christmas isn't about Christ was, you know, it's like Christ was born in a manger and he died on a cross. And then, and we know about four months worth and see he died in, you know, whenever Easter is, we have a, we have Christmas and Easter and that's what we know about Christ. And that's just wrong. This was a great being who graced us with his presence. And there are other great beings who have graced us with their presence throughout in, in Asia, in, in other parts of the world, there have been great beings and they offered love and energy and hope, whether it's Buddha or, and there's, there's some wonderful teachings of Muhammad. I am not familiar with those teachings, but there's a beauty to the love that all the beings who came to help us share. It's a universal message. In Hawaii, they have the Huna tradition. Mm -hmm. When you look at um, other traditions that are based in love, it's universal. Because there's no religion in the afterlife. There's just, there's just love. Incredibly beautiful, Tina. It is my goal to reach people <laughs> on a deep level. Yeah. I'm just somebody's helper here. You can really feel it. It's incredible. So I have two questions remaining. What tools, I think you may have answered it somewhat, but that it's sending love, can we use to those that have died? And what do we do when it's our turn to die? Those are two perfectly fantastic questions. When you are helping someone who has died, if you know they're dying, and I mean, I'm getting requests every day. Can you cross over my loved one? If you know someone is dying, they're in the final stages, they're you're watching, you're in the room with them and whatever the illnesses they're dying of, fill the room with angels and have the angels surround that person. And you're setting up an escort service into the heaven world at the moment of death. And when they die, say the crossing over prayer. And this is true for animals as well. It's really beautiful to cross over animals who have been of great service and have provided you love. When it's your turn, Ask that angels come and escort you and that the light be there for you. And when you see that light, move into it. Don't, don't be afraid. In the movie Ghost, it's one of my all-time favorites because at the very last scene, Patrick Swayze says, you can't imagine the love. Look at the love. It, the light, there's so much love. If you... Find within yourself that moment of courage. And when the light comes for you, literally go for it as quickly as you can. And when you feel it penetrate your being 
And there's this joy that just fills you to the very core. And when you can now know this, and you're sharing this with others who may be dying or they have a terrible diagnosis, talk about death mm. as a joyous thing. Your time on earth has ended. Your time to return home is beginning. And it's so beautiful. And our love is always going to be with you. If you have a sudden death, sometimes the person doesn't know they've died. Say the crossing over prayer. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. You have what's called an Akkachord connection. That's where your Akashic record comes from, are all the experiences you get through your Akkachords that connect you to every place you've ever been, every person you've ever met, everything you've ever touched, every experience you've ever had. At the moment of death, that Akashic record goes with you. Don't let anyone erase it or damage it or hurt it. It is precious. It is, it is the summation of your entire soul. Guard it. Protect it. Mm. And that, that Akashic record goes with you. And when you cross over, there are counselors of divine wisdom. And you will be able to sit down with them and go over the life just lived. Not in judgment, but in the most compassionate way. I want to understand why did my dad beat me? Why was my mom so cruel? Why did my sibling die? Why did these things happen? And they get to help you understand all your experiences. They help you prepare for the next life. They help you to know. And it's so beautiful and so dynamic. This is the compassion you want for every person who has ever lived or who will live on earth or who is currently living on earth. Your soul is, belongs to you and no one else and take good care of it. Yes. Tina, do you believe that in the fifth, we can choose to go to a different planet, a different universe, or well, maybe our soul decides that when we finished enough learning? Do you have any thoughts on that? I would refer people who want to really understand it to read the Urantia book. It's not for the faint of heart. It's a really tough book to read. All 2,095 pages of it. We have people who are here from other worlds. How that process works is based on myriad of things. What your mission is. Some people have a soul purpose. And I wrote a book on that called Soul Evolution, Past Lives and Karmic Ties. I've written eight books. I write a lot. When you cross over, you work with the counselors of divine wisdom to heal a particularly traumatic life. And you may need a long time in the higher realms to recover from a very tough life. They may decide working with you, what is going to be your best karmic path? Is it another world? Is it to come back to earth? Is it to come back and help your family in some way? or those around you? Do you want to perform more service on earth or is your service on another world more going to be a better path for you? And nothing is, nothing is predetermined. There is so much flexibility. There is so much awareness and insight that goes into those decisions that crossing over is going to be 
the best, most dynamic opportunity any soul could ever have. Tina, thank you so much. It is just such beautiful information that I feel so grateful that you brought to us today. And the amount of books you've written and the knowledge you share is so incredible. Can you now just tell us where people can find that? And I'll be sure to put it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Ghosthelpers.com, ghosthelpers with an S.com and tinairwin.com. Mostly the same things are there and the books are there and their links, they're available through Amazon and six of the eight are um, audiobooks, especially the ghost storybooks. I have th- a three volume set of ghost storybooks. So you get to have a, a more intimate understanding of what it's like to be dead. Ghosts talk to me and I write that write their stories down. So there's some um, many YouTube videos that I've done and a lot of work with other podcast hosts. And uh, I put those there so people get an understanding and can listen and hear these things again and again. The overall goal is service to others. Mm -hmm. That's what Ghost Helpers is designed to do, is to teach the living to help the dead. And if you can do that and not be afraid, and if your heart is in a place of love, even with a very terrible person, perhaps, maybe they've done horrendous things, or they were just a terrible drug addict and you didn't know what to do, there are tools to help that person and to help yourself on this website. And I think as you look through those things, the goal of those books is to be of service. And if you can use them for the service of others, then you basically change your own karmic path to a perhaps a better, higher place. And all of those things will help raise your frequency and your knowledge. We're here to learn. There's no learning in perfection. If we were perfect, we wouldn't be here. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to try. When there's love in your heart and there's positive intentions, those make a very big difference. And Jane, I cannot thank you enough for allowing me this opportunity to share, you know, some views that I have that might be of service to those who would listen to to your show. And thank you so, so much. Thank you, Tina, from the bottom of my heart. You're very welcome. If you've enjoyed the information in this episode, share it with someone you care about and know will benefit. There is one thing for certain. Meltdowns are inevitable. Let's move into mastery together. In the show notes, you'll find my link tree, which has links to many of the most popular platforms. You'll also find links to connect to the featured guest, web page, and social media. Thanks again for being committed to mastery. Change in this world really starts within each of us.